Very warm greetings to all in the blessed name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Now we continue on this particular characteristics of people in church, that is having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Before we go further, let us all turn to God in prayer. Let us pray. Our gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for safe journeys to thy house. Lord, we thank you for this great privilege to study your word at any opportunities, for we know that in some places, Lord, they hardly have this privilege. And Lord, even as we come, we pray once again for the fresh cleansing and washing in the blood of our Saviour. O Lord, as far as the east is from the west, remove thou our sins from us, that this night of gathering may receive thy blessing, even as we repent and bear the fruit of repentance. And Lord, we continue in this meditation on lovers, uh, on form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, may your Holy Spirit be our teacher, open our eyes of understanding, grant to us obedient hearts, and put in us, O Lord, the fear that we ourselves may be such people, either now or one day. So, Lord, search our hearts, grant to us attentiveness, Lord, transform our thinking, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, so what is the form of godliness and denying the power thereof? Please remember, God says that there will be such in the church. Are you and I one of them having a form of godliness? Form of godliness means outwardly you have the characteristics of a believer. Your friends see, think that you are a Christian, all right? Form of godliness, also you are also having the activities like a Christian. You go to church, um, you may read your Bible, you may pray, you may even serve. You have all these forms outwardly. People look at you and they say, this is a Christian, all right? So I guess most of us, we can rightly claim that we have the form of godliness. But the problem is this. God said there will be those that deny, denying the power thereof. Thereof is a very important word. Thereof. Maybe I'll ask you if you remember. Um, Thomas, so what is thereof? What is this about having a form of godliness? Is having form of godliness bad? No. Very good. Having the form of godliness, but you deny the power thereof. Thereof means the, the, the power that is found in godliness. There is power found in the form of godliness. So, for example, reading the Bible, coming to church to study the Word, coming to pray, serving God, all these forms of godliness... There is power in it. These are means of Christian grace. Please understand that. But a person can go through, have all that. But in reality, you deny the power means you resist in your heart. You do not want these activities to change you. Somewhere in you, you actually just want to continue in that particular sin on a particular way. You resist it. You do not want to be changed anymore. You do not want to be progressively sanctified. You're happy to stay there and be remaining in that state. So God says there, are, there will be such, and this is a perilous sin. Now, if you think about it, is it true? It's absolutely true. There are many so-called nominal Christians just living barely above the Christian reputation. The rest of the life, there's no inward inward godliness at all. Are you one of them?
Now, of course, this can also describe unbelievers, right? Because the physical church, the earthly physical church of God contains both believers and unbelievers. So, young ones, are you one of them? You come to church because your parents make you come, right? That is all. In your heart, you do not want God. You resist the power of God. Or maybe you come to church thinking that, well, I'm having these outward religious things. I go to church. You know, I'm part of Christian activities. Well, I think that is good enough. You know, you resist the power to salvation. God says, unless you turn to him and say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, right? Not, not just have religious things, but acknowledge I am a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. And you are the living and true God. I thank you for dying for my sins. I do not want to continue in these sins. Please save me. I do not want to go to hell. Save me. So it is not just a religion, not just an outward thing because your family does it, and that is all. There is a genuine desiring the power of God to save you, the power of God to change you, all right? So, well, if you are not sure, then you tell God, God, am I just having a form? I don't want to be a false believer. I don't want to be just a religious person. Save me today, right? So God says there will be, well, unbelievers there, but this particular passage is, is written to warn believers, warn believers, all right? Believers. Now, I want you to look at your Bible verse, please, if you could look at it. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Now, I need to introduce some um, language, um, tenses, to bring across a certain point. To bring across a certain point. Now, look at verse 5, 2 Timothy 3, verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Denying, denying. Now, this word denying is about refusing the power the, the means of God to change you. You resist it, you don't want it, you avoid it, right? So you have to ask yourself, are you going through that? Now, this, this particular um, verb here is in the Greek perfect tense. <clears throat> in the Greek perfect tense. Why is it important for you to realize that? Now, in the Greek perfect tense, it means this. It's a condition, a condition, this denying, right? This avoiding God convicting work and changing you. This denying is a condition resulting from an anterior occurrence. It means something that occurred before this. So before you reach the stage of, of, of what is described here, you, you, you just come, you have all the outward activities, but inside you really do not want to obey God anymore. Now this, this condition is the result of an occurrence of something happening prior to this and resulting in this present condition of yours at the time of speaking. Means you are in this state now because of something that happened before this. So the actor is at rest. Means you no longer need to, you no longer are really actively doing anything, but the result of the action is still in existence. What it means is this, the Greek perfect tense is, at some point you did something, and then you came to a point where you, you let that thing just continue. You, you're, you're just letting it continue, all right? It's subtle. 
is settled. And that result of the action is still now existing. So God says there will be Christians like that in the church. Continuing in, in a form of godliness, but actually they've reached a stage where, well, they are just going to continue, letting, continue allowing themselves not to respond to God, not to respond to a certain sin or some sins that God has been convicting you and showing you, I'm not going to deal with it anymore. I'm just going to ignore it. We learned on Sunday, ignoring sins, right? So, why is it important to understand this? Because, now, the title tonight is The Progress, The Progress of Form of Godliness. The Progress. So this, having an outward form, you sitting there, but actually, inwardly, you have already chosen not to be godly, be holy, as you used to once, once you desire to be. Or maybe you, you just continue to go to church, but you've decided, I'm not going to believe in this living God. It's a progression. In other words, no one reaches this stage. Now, I want to address believers, because we know unbelievers can be like that. If you are one, you've always been pretending to be a Christian, you think it's just a religious thing, well, you, you know what to do. Turn to God. But we are dealing with believers. No one reach, no Christian believer reaches this stage, reaches this stage overnight. It is something that you progress into and you will finally reach a stage that is a very frightening stage because there are really many of this in Christendom today. God's word is never wrong. God's ha God has warned in perilous times, there will be perilous sins and there will be Christians that live such a life and believe it is okay. Remember last week, we studied what are some of the reasons why there are Christians like that? Because you think it's optional. The holy life, godliness is optional for myself, for my family. It is, well, I choose whether I want to or not and what I want to obey or what I don't want to obey. This is a common scene. In fact, when you are a godly Christian today, you will be a strange person to even Christians. We studied that in First Peter. They will think that you are odd. You are strange. The Christians don't need to live so holy, godly. But here God says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power of godliness. All right? So, in other words, the key thing that we have to realize that from this term is, it is a very dangerous thing that the Christian have to really ask ourselves. Ask what? Do you think? Do you think that you will be such a Christian one day? Please know that God says this is the description of the church. It could be BPCWA, some worshippers in BPCWA. It could be you, it could be me. It could be a pastor, it could be an elder, it could be a deacon, it could be, therefore, definitely a lay person. None is exempted from this. The fact that God says this, the fact that God says this is a strong warning of the danger and we have to ask ourselves, I say again, will I ever end up like this? Is there any among us that is like this? Tonight you are here simply because you have to be here. Tonight you are here well, but your heart is not. You've been coming to church for some time. 
And actually in your heart, you really don't intend to well, pursue godliness, pursue holiness, pursue Christ, love Him. You, you just want to be, have, have a nominal Christian life. That is all. Is there anyone seated there that is like that? It is very common, like I say, in many churches already. Now, this is a progression, and you reach that stage. So, the progression of such a person. Now, I want to try and describe four states. All right, I hope this is on. Not sure why it's not projecting. I want to describe well four states. Okay, four states. But first, let me describe the normal natural state. I'm not sure why this is not expanding. It's not even showing that. Um, Caleb, you want to? Right. Now, well, the the natural state, the proper state. All right, the proper state. I will call that state zero. All right, no problem. <laughs> zero means no problem. Means you have the form of godliness, you have the form of godliness, and you do not deny the power thereof. All right, the no problem state means you come to church because you really want to come and you come to church because you want, you want to be changed by the Word of God. You read the Bible because you want to be changed, not because you have to read the Bible, right? You listen to a sermon, you do not fight with it, you don't resist it. In fact, wherever you hear, oh, I didn't realize that was sin. Now that I realize, I want to change. You embrace the power to, of the forms, right? So you embrace what Bible studies are supposed to do to you, you embrace what God's Word says to you, you embrace correction from, from the Word of God, from even people that God sends, you embrace it. You do not resist that power. You would even ask, oh, can you please tell me, instead of getting angry and, and being self-denial and rationalized, instead of that, you, you actually say, no, I didn't know. What else? What else? What else, brother, can you tell me that I need to change? Now, sometimes we have... Um, young believers, they, get, they first get saved and they, they, they always say this, can you please tell me anything else? At any point of time you realize, you see that I am living in a certain sin, I don't know about it, please tell me, please tell me, alright? So that is the good state. You want to change. You want to be holy. You want to love God. No form and then inward there is no love, alright? So that's state zero, state zero. And then we have well, the progression, stage one, I call that the budding stage. The budding stage. You are slowly having certain buds, you know. So, something is growing. Something is coming out. A budding stage of becoming someone that is a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, all right? And then the second stage, I call it 
the um, intermediate stage, right? The intermediate stage. Intermediate stage because, well, now you are um, moving, all right? Moving from just a, 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 a initial stage to, well, more intermediate problems of having a form of godliness and denying the power thereof, all right? Then the third stage, I like to call that the advanced stage, all right? All right, so there's beginners, the intermediate, advanced. Now you're more advanced in your having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Then you reach, no, I call it the professional stage, right? The professional stage. Now this is a stage where it's very difficult to tell, are you a believer? And churches have many of this, the professional. They are so professional at portraying that they're Christians, but God knows that they deny the power, all right? This is a stage where you really don't know. Believer, unbeliever, don't know, but looks like one, talks like one, whether it's one, can't really tell. So this word denying is describing some things that you act on and then you reach a stage. You reach a stage and that's where you are and the stage keeps going on, okay? Now, why is it important for us to realize that? Because of the tense of the word it is a warning to us. Am I doing something? Am I behaving in a certain way that will one day result in me as, well, in an advanced state or a professional state of being, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof? It is important for us to identify in us because this particular sin is not something overnight. It's not something that you suddenly become someone like that. What is the budding state? How do we, what must we take note of within us? Am I in this budding state? Well, we said the, the, the best state, all right? The state where zero, no problems, is you, you love the activities of a Christian, the things that a Christian does, and you truly want to be as godly as possible, as consecrated, as, as um, devoted to God as possible. Now, then the budding state, the budding state, you slowly move to a state where well, you, you still want to love God, all right? You want to obey Him, and you, you still have in you a desire to be a consecrated Christian. Now, I often see that in teens or preteens. And teens and preteens, you, you go through that, you know. I often see that in new believers, that after some time, something began to change. You want all this, you still want this, but, and you will even feel guilty. You will even feel guilty, but some things change and you begin to struggle and you want, if you remember the problem before this, is you want to love the pleasures more than God. You begin to struggle with that. Now, all Christians will have struggle, all right? All Christians will, will have the flesh that we struggle against. But this is a bit different now, you actually would allow some of this love of the world, you embrace some of it, maybe secretly, all right? But you feel guilty, and you feel that, mm, I, I don't want to be like that. I know these this, are this, uh, um, sinful desires and, and trends that is happening, but yet you allow those things to grow. That's why it's called budding stage. 
a bit of it begin to show, right? But most of the time, you still want to live in obedience, um, but you gradually begin to, well, wonder, do, do I really need to be so holy? Very different from state zero, where there is never the question, I want to be as holy, as godly as I can be. But now you begin to say, maybe I don't need to be. But there's still this nagging conscience in you. What are some of the signs of this budding stage before you reach that other stages? Now, you will begin to hide. So I ask myself, am I in this budding stage? Am I in this danger? Well, one of the signs I believe is because you feel guilty, you will begin to hide it. All right? Well, daddy and mommy ask, I love God, you know, and you say the right things and all that. Um, and you really believe in the things you say even, but you now are trying to hide. Daddy looks at you, what are you doing? You cover up. Because you know, you know that you are beginning to love sin and allow sin into your life. What else? You will sit through Bible studies. I don't know why it's that tough, but I don't think you need that anymore. Now, you will sit through Bible studies, um, but you begin to not pay attention. Your mind wanders, right? You still have some interest, but your spiritual desire for things are declining and you are not growing as you used to anymore. Somehow in your heart, you still know that, well, you should not be in this state, but gradually you allow these things to continue. In other words, you avoid the power. You avoid the power. So when sitting in Bible studies or when you're taking your FEBC courses or when you're praying and having family worship, you deny the power means you, you're not interested in the power to change you so much anymore. Not so interested anymore. In the past, you hang on to everything that you learn, every word that you read, every memory verse, every hymn that you sing, you, 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 lo you long to be like that, holy. But now it seems to be cold. What else? Then, um, yes, when the Word of God is taught, it no longer have that, you no longer have that relish in you. Because when God says there are lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, now pleasures are beginning to grow in your heart and grip your heart. Right? Your mind is wandering and you say, ah, when will this end? No, no thirst for the Word of God. Now, that is why when you begin to realize that I can't seem to understand, I don't seem to be paying attention, I don't seem to be able to answer a question, I, I ask you a question mainly to keep you thinking, right? Because I know it's very difficult to keep following, but you begin to realize that you can't answer most questions anymore because your heart is no longer spiritual. You no longer think spiritually. You think according to the world. You even come to church because you have to. You need to bring your child. How many of you here, fathers, mothers, I ask you, you are here tonight because you're in state zero. You long to learn. You long to, long to pray for the church. You long to pray for one another. You have a love for the brethren. How many of you are here really for that? Or because, I better bring my kids. I'm afraid my kids go haywire, all right? Or, yeah, the kid wants to come, so I have to be here. Now, if you are like that, it's no longer when you, wow, you know, prayer meeting, I'm starting to attend prayer meeting, wow, so wonderful. If no longer that, you are in a budding stage. Be careful. 
And over time, you find excuses not to do spiritual things, whether you study the Word, take FEBs courses, come for prayer meetings, serve, whatever it is, fellowship, you begin to allow excuses to come in. But this kind, at this stage, you may not make those excuses, but anytime there is a potential excuse, it is a valid excuse, you will jump on it. All right? So when we become, become like that, we must know we are not in state zero for sure. We are, having, we are coming because of a form that is all. Because of my children, because other people may ask me, and that is all. And if you have an excuse, you, you don't create it on purpose, but you're very happy if you have. Maybe a bit of sniffle, uh, maybe a bit, maybe, um, um, oh, there's a doctoral appointment, so I don't go for this fellowship or that fellowship. You will be happy whenever you can. You, are, you have an excuse not to go to church. You are happy, you are in a budding stage. You must know that. Definitely not stage zero. We can safely say that. Then, you know, the second state. What is the second state? The intermediate state. The intermediate state. Well, what is that description of an intermediate state. Now you begin to resist certain obedience. Now you reach an intermediate state. Well, you, you, are, you are happy to obey certain things, but certain things, well, you no longer a struggle, but now you choose to disobey. In that area, I, I, I'm just going to ignore, I just don't want to think about this. Um, I refuse to let the Word of God be the ruler of my life. You avoid the power, all right? You deny the power. What are some of the descriptions? Um, well, sometimes you feel you should change. It can be for the same thing. Now, I've had many of these meetings, engagements with, I've met many Christians like that. One moment they say, you know, uh, yeah, I know this is wrong, this is wrong, uh, this is sin. The next moment, they argue with you, they struggle with it. They say, no, this is not sin. No, it should be okay. So they go back and forth. So at this intermediate state, sometimes you struggle, sometimes occasionally you begin to rebel. You rebel. Now some of the signs, some of the signs in this state is you may continue to maintain your personal quiet time, your personal Bible reading, your personal walk, but you begin to dislike forms of godliness beyond that. Meaning to say, you begin to dislike the study of the Word, public, pre public study of the Word, public prayer, public gathering. You just want to keep to yourself. You stop liking church. You find that church now becomes something that is a burden. It's no longer, I, I think I should, it should be good for me, but now it's, it's, I don't want to be. If I can, I definitely won't go to church. You, stop, you will begin to dislike. Now, are you in that state? Do you dislike church, teens? I want to ask you. Now, these few stages apply to adults and teens alike. But teens, please be serious. If you are reaching this stage, you must know in your heart and you must be honest. Same for the adult, whether you're a new Christian or, or long-time Christian. You must be honest because God says denying means it's something that you do at one stage and you will become 
having a form of godliness and denying the power. You will reach that stage. Fathers, mothers at home, in your personal work, in your family life, and bringing up your family and all that, please be honest. Are you in this intermediate state? You really come because you have to, that is all. Now, the worst is, I hope none of you are here because I'm a Sunday school teacher. That That is why I must come. I speak at nursing home. That is why I must come. We put those in place because it is necessary as at least a way of identifying what's, what, what kind of spiritual walk you're having publicly. But it doesn't mean we, 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 we don't realize that you can have all these public um, forms of godliness, but in your heart, you are actually denying the power thereof. We don't for a moment think that just because you are here, you are not in an intermediate state. Please know that. All right? So if you're beginning to struggle with that, drag your feet, can't wait to leave church, well, I think you can classify yourself as in some form of state. And I, I classify as an intermediate state. By the way, this is, not, this is not hard and fast rule, right? I'm just trying to think how we go through these stages. Now then, what else would be some of the behaviors in this? Um, well, skipping church, Bible studies, prayer meetings, fellowships, now is something that is more open. It's more open already. It's no longer in the beginning, well, I, I don't want to go, but you know, I must go because I know these forms of godliness, these Bible studies, these, these um, fellowships, this service, they, they have a work in my heart. They change me. I've experienced that. I know that. But now you just openly say, I don't want to go. I'll read the Bible myself. I'll bring up my family myself. I, I'm not interested. It becomes more open now. Isn't it true that we see people go through these stages? from seeing them regular, then you see something's changed. I remember an elderly person who used to come for Bible study all the time, um, whether many people come or few people come, he's always here. And one night he said, well, brother so-and-so used to come. He's not coming anymore. And this elderly man was very honest. He said, I know. I think he went through that himself. He said, I know. When people stop attending these things, there is something wrong in their life, in their heart, right? We all know that. This elderly man was honest enough and he's observant enough and he knows there is something wrong. Have you reached that something wrong stage? Whatever stage it is, an intermediate stage is how I classify it, where now you just openly don't come. That's it. Now, what are, the, what are other some other other behavioral signs to check for ourselves, all right? Please don't look at other people and say, yeah, that, that person, this person. Please check ourselves. This is meant for us individually. What else? Well, previously, if there is an excuse not to come, you're happy. I don't have to go for this fellowship because there's a medical appointment or because something happened and all that. Even though you know you can rearrange it, but now in the intermediate state, you actually would find ways to create valid excuses. You will, on purpose, make appointments at the time when there are those fellowships, those activities. You will do it on purpose to escape. You do not want to go, so now you would create those excuses. You know that you can. It's simply that you won't want to be part of all these forms of godliness. No more. 
Now, young ones, are you like that at home? It's family worship time, all right? But every time at family worship, you have stomach ache. <laughs> I don't know, all right? Or you, you have a headache, all right? And you cannot, you know, daddy, mom, I'm asleep. I, I can't have family worship. I can't join you all. Are you like that? Or even adults, are you like that? But you can do many other things, many other things. Well, we have to examine ourselves. Husbands, examine the wife. Wife, examine the husband. Most important, we ourselves examine ourselves. If your husband says, ah, I cannot, this cannot, and then say, but, but you can. There are so many things that you can do, but why not this? All right? And vice versa. All right? So intermediate stage becomes a bit more um, brazen now. You, but you will have the form still. You will come on Sundays. All right? You will say Christian things. You will occasionally be part of Christian activities. So you're very, very Christian-like in that sense. Now then the last thing that I can think of in this intermediate state, you will begin to not feel guilty much anymore about being lovers of pleasures. In fact, you will rationalize now. You will begin to rationalize. You will begin to give... Um, you go, in other words, you will go into denial be, in the earlier stages, you feel guilty. Somewhere inside, you respond to the convicting work of God. And you let your conscience prick you. But in this intermediate state, you will begin to sear your conscience. We studied that in our um, church theme in the previous years. You sear your conscience. How? Now you begin to deny. This is not sin. This is okay. Why do we need to be so holy? Why do we need to be at this and that? Why do we need to... You begin to that. You... And then another one is, in this denial state, now you begin to blame others. You begin to blame and um, situations or people. I'm not coming to church because that person offended me. I'm not coming to church because this and that, right? But actually somewhere deep in your heart, you know, you, you simply have lost the desire to be changed by God. You blame. Someone offended me or, or um, someone said something or did something. Or, you know, I, I can't help it, you know. My job, my work, my child, my home. You will begin to blame many things. But in your heart, you can do many things for what you want. But when it comes to spiritual things, you will just do with the bare minimum and everything, there is a reason why you cannot. Now, even as I describe all this, do you see this in yourself? Do you see this very common in churches? Yes, it is very common. God is right. God is right. Now, then you reach the next stage. The next stage. Now, this will be the advanced stage, advanced stage of denying. Now, in this advanced stage, we see ourselves. Um, well, we will say the right things, occasionally do the right things. We will know how to act. We will know how to act. Because now you reach a stage where you actually just want to portray, portray um, this outward outward behavior where you, as if you have both form as well as power. I want to say this again. Now, we can reach a stage where 
We want people to think, I have the form and I also have the power, the, the change life, the transform life. Now, at this stage, we become very hypocritical, right? pretentious. Maybe even your own spouse cannot tell. This is a very dangerous stage. We see that in church, even in our own church, right? It happens in every church. You see the person zealous, ongoing, very interested in the Word of God, say what we say, and so on. And then suddenly, disappeared from church. Suddenly. Now, this is the advanced stage. Advanced stage. And when they leave, they begin to say things that are completely opposite to what they used to say when they are among us. Now, the Apostle Paul spoke of such workers, spoke of such people. They came out from us, but they were never, they were never one of us. Never. So you see the advanced stage, how scary it is. Even the Apostle Paul said, yeah, these people were among us. They had the form of godliness, but they were never one of us in their heart. Not sincere, in other words. Well, in some of this state, um, now you, have, you will reach a stage where, where now you have no qualms, no qualms in skipping church, even Sunday worship. That is all. You, you have... You basically outwardly exhibit your dislike of certain things. So in this advanced stage, you openly deny the power. You openly deny the power. You will openly disagree with holiness. Openly disagree with separation from sin. You will openly disagree with um, a godly Christian walk. You will say that it's extreme. Many who leave have this comment. Church is too extreme. Church is too extreme. Before that, they want to show everybody that they live that life in their family life and so on. Right? So, are there not people like that? Will you become one of them? Will a pastor become one of them? It's a very dangerous sin, my friend. Now, lastly, sorry, at this intermediate stage, uh, this advanced stage, now you will begin to challenge, challenge the truths of God. You will begin to challenge it. But you have a form of godliness. Haven't you met Christians who say, I'm a Christian, but when it comes to certain teachings, you know the lifestyle today. They openly change it. No, I think this lifestyle is all right. Now then the last stage, you come to the professional stage. I think the advanced and professional stage, especially this professional stage, like I said, you really don't know whether the person is a believer anymore. Now, what are some of the behaviors, the descriptions? Well, I think they can be typical Sunday Christians. They are in church. They will go to church. They will tell people that they're Christians. They may even hold leadership position in churches. They can have most of the boxes ticked as a Christian. But at this professional stage, you are so good at that that you have decided in your heart there are things that you are not going to obey. There are things that you are not going to change in. But you insist that you are a Christian and that you, that you love God. But you have already denied the power of God to the extent where you say, these areas I've decided I will not change. This is the description of denying. I've decided that in these areas, I'm going to ignore this. I will marry whoever 
I will marry. Unbelievers, I don't believe that a Christian should believe marry a believer. I just want to marry whoever I want to marry. I'll take whatever job. There's no such thing as jobs that are sinful. Even if you break this, break that, the commandments of God, it doesn't matter. I need a job. So you are at a professional stage where you will always have a reason why you need to sin. It's always about, well, we don't need to be so serious. Well, we don't need to obey everything in the Word of God. Well, uh, that is, means you're denying the power of God. We just need to be practical. It's not practical. Do you understand? Not practical to live that there as a father, as a husband, as a wife, as a child, or as a, as a, as a child in school. It's not practical. We meet many of this. There can be even church leaders. The power of God means God will enable you to live the holy life. Please turn to 2 Peter. Right, this thing is distracting. 2 Peter chapter 1. All right? Let's read verse 3 together. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us unto glory and virtue. Now here God says that for every believer, he has given his divine power. You know what is the power of God? It is infinite power. Given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. You cannot deny godliness, deny the power of godliness. God said you can be godly. You can live that consecrated life. But they say, no, I cannot. But here God says all the power needed to live a godly life is available. But you, you say, not, no, not possible. So now you reach that stage that stage where you openly deny the power of God. It is not practical, not possible. And then another description where you can be in a professional stage is not only that, you encourage others to live in disobedience. Now, why do you think God says from such turn away, which we'll cover, God willing, next week, from such turn away? Because these people the prophet, in that state, they will encourage you because they want to live in that sin and they will tell you, it's okay, it's okay. Now, sometimes some of you share with me, I met so-and-so, ex-worshipper from church. They say, oh, you met the person. They say, then the person asked me, oh, are you still in that job? And say, no, I left that job. They say, why? Because we shouldn't be in a job that breaks the Lord's day all the time. And the person like, why, why, why? You know, I've also known people who go around encouraging people to take such jobs. Marry unbelievers. So, now, but are you? But they claim to be Christian. Yes. Will they serve in church? Yes. But they openly now, you and I can become that stage where now we encourage others to continue in those things. Well, they will eventually in the professional stage. You reach a stage where you cannot stay in a church that will constantly preach the power of God against sin, because whenever your sin is highlighted you will be very, very upset. So many of this, when we reach at the stage, we will leave. We will leave and find a church that will not preach against our sin. That is what it is. 
having a form of godliness. They want to continue the form. You will one day want to continue the form. But because you allow yourself to go through the stages of denying the power from struggling with it to rationalizing it to denying it to say I, to Rosacea, I, I don't want to be part of this group anymore and just openly skip but I will come for Sundays I will do the bare minimum but in the heart your heart is already have already decided that I will deny the power of God to change me now teens I want to ask you this very honestly and then the adults now teens let me ask you is anything in here your progress of your life you're a young person take heed from god's word god's word is never wrong if you allow yourself you your daddy and mommy may not know no one in church may know but you allow yourself to go through all these stages you have to know god's word is always true you will reach a stage where you have an outward form of godliness. You will reach a stage where you cannot imagine that you, are, that you will become that one day. Many of, of these people who have reached this stage, they will not say, one day I'll leave church. I remember speaking to a young person. I say, well, you know, over time you're going to learn things from the Word of God that you will struggle against and you will, you will think of leaving church. And the person say, oh, pastor, no, why you say I want to leave church? No, no, pastor, I won't leave church. They're not here anymore. Not here because they do not want to be the power of God to convict them, to continue to convict them. Now the love of the world, the pleasures, is open already. It's no more I will struggle against it, but now having a form of godliness and embracing, embracing the power of pleasures. That's all. Right? So I hope that you be very careful. Adults likewise. Am I describing any of us here? Be honest. God willing, next week, we'll learn then how to, how to deal with this. How to deal with this. But if you are in intermediate, advanced and professional stage, maybe you'll skip next week. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for your holy word that warns us. Because when there's warning, we can examine ourselves. Lord, what stage are we in, in this form of godliness? Only you know what is in our heart. Are we still avoiding, refusing, and even rejecting the convicting work of the Spirit? Oh Lord, grip our hearts, awaken our souls. And Father, we pray now that you meet with us in the place of prayer. Lord, thy kingdom's work needs to advance. We are helpless without you. Lord, our lives need to be transformed. We need the help, Lord, to live lives that will be useful for you. May you hear our prayers. This we ask and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.